There are enough people in the space right now that understand that right now is a really, really great time to invest. They see the future, they see the trajectory of this industry as a whole, and they realize that this is not going away anytime soon. We can get this done at a price point that makes sense with the right people who are you know, not necessarily jumping ship to start their own operation. And it's a really great time. So yes, if a, if a deal is cash flowing, that's amazing. If it's newer vintage, even more so. If there's some sort of you know debt coverage ratio that they're actually hitting, amazing. But there are deals that are getting done. It just needs to be the right deal. Welcome to season six of Bridge the Gap, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Align, Hamilton Captel, ServiceMaster, Patriot Angels, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. The contributors are brought to you by Peak Senior Living and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas. Another great episode here at the Midsummer Asha Member Show. We're having great conversations here with a lot of different leaders. We want to welcome Sim Goldberg from Meridian Capital. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Honor to be here. Yes, yes. So uh, Meridian has been a great supporter of Bridge the Gap at uh, a number of our events and things that we've done. Really appreciate that. Y'all are huge leaders in the space. And it's always fun to sit down and talk to people on the front lines of what's happening because right now the industry is at an inflection point for a variety of different ways. And Sim, you have a lot of different ideas about this. You're having these conversations on a day-to-day basis and you've been evolving into the industry as a leader. Can you talk about your evolution um, in the space, and then we can dive into more of the, the daily topics. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting world, uh, how I got into healthcare in the first place. Growing up, my parents were always very into giving back, being part of the communities that maybe are underserved, so to speak, but also that aren't necessarily comfortable conversations. So growing up in elementary school, we had kids with all sorts of disabilities in class with us. And when I came out, you know, post-college, I was volunteering for a bunch of different organizations that had healthcare components to them. So it really was something that I was very familiar with. And I was thinking about going back to school. I wasn't really sure what it was exactly that I wanted to do. And a close friend of mine reached out and said, hey, I'm working for a home care agency. We're about to hire someone that I do not like. Would you come and interview with us? So that was an interesting opportunity. I was like, I'm not even looking for a job, but I'll come in for an interview. And I walked in the office and instantly fell in love with it, fell in love with the people that I was working with, fell in love with the concept, being able to provide the care that people needed, not necessarily in a community, but actually being able to keep them in their homes, which I thought was critical uh, in all aspects. And it was four some odd years where it was in and out of nursing homes, in and out of hospitals, senior living communities, assisted living communities, anything where someone needed additional help. I mean, that really transformed my life when it comes down to it. It was just, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing in some sort of a capacity for the rest of my life. And after you know, close to four years, I realized that you know, that part of the business was no longer for me. I needed something that was a little bit more stable, you know, driving in my car every day. I needed a home base. And I reached out to previous head of Meridian Capital Healthcare, uh, Ari Dobkin and Ari Atherson, who still sits on the team today. And they were at a point where their growth was just really starting to kick in. And, you know, they brought me on board and it was really right when COVID started. Right. So I was getting trained in all the financial aspects of, you know, our day to day work. And they brought me in and they said, listen, we've never done this before. We don't have anybody that we've ever trained in as a, you know, quote unquote broker or, you know, business development person. So this is going to be a learning curve for everybody. Let's see what we can do. 
six months later, after I finally felt like I was up to speed on what I needed to do, our entire industry was in shock. What's, what's going to happen here? Are we ever going to recover? Is there going to be an industry for us to go back to when this is all over? So it's been interesting. It's been, you know, a lot of fun. It's been interesting to be able to see, you know, the fruits of our labor, seeing these gorgeous communities going up that we had a part in building relationships that have been developed. I mean, I, some of my closest friends I can say to this day are people that I've met at shows like this. So it's, it's a really interesting time. It's a really different time, but I feel like I was brought into this world and it was the craziest time that this industry has ever experienced. So not really much can throw me off at this point. I, I've dealt with COVID. I've dealt with massive rising insur- you know, interest rates, all the things that should make this you know, industry shudder. And we've done it and we've succeeded and we've, you know, we've gotten to the other side of it. And this is, in my mind, where we are today, which is a little interesting and a little scary, is just another one of those steps. So that's really my, you know, that's my history. That's how I got here. Super happy to be here. Thanks for sharing some of that backstory for some of our listeners and even myself. I didn't, I didn't know all that. So that's really cool to hear how that's kind of shaped your trajectory. Over the last several years, I have seen you at every event I have been to, and I go to a lot of events, but I think you go to even more events. I can't imagine how many people doing what you do, you talk to in the industry. So I would imagine you have a pretty good pulse of what people are doing, like what deals are getting done, what deals are not getting done, what people are saying, the challenges. I would like to spend a little bit of our time on this show, Lucas. I don't know what you have cooked up to talk about here, (laughs) but I mean, I want to know kind of from your perspective, as a young leader in our industry, what's the pulse of what people are experiencing right now? I know we're not in an easy time. It's not the pandemic, but it's not an easy time. What's going on? When it comes down to it, I get, I get this question all the time, like when are rates going to come down? And I've spoken to every single expert in the space and they say it's going to come down, but we have absolutely no control you know, over that. And my response has always been, if the deal doesn't work for you today, stop looking at the deal. Stop looking at a deal that potentially in the future might make sense if you can't control something that's outside of your control. So why are you even considering that being an option? So what deals are getting done? Deals are getting done that actually have the, the ability to get done. And that goes you know, as deep as who you're hiring in the building, what the name of that building has in the environment that it's in, what the market is saying. Every aspect of the deal now matters. And Banks and equity partners and people as a whole are looking at deals so much stronger and they're spending so much more time before they even get, they give some level of commitment. So I'd say it's a weird market. It's a different market, but the deals that are getting done are deals that should be getting done. And the age of, well, I can get anybody to do this deal. Like, you know, I don't really need to put the work in. I can just find someone quickly and easily. That's not the case anymore. So it's now making everybody work a lot harder, myself included. We're not doing the same numbers that we were last year or the year before that. But we're busier than we ever have been because for the first time, we're actually having to have these conversations with people who are actually forcing us to have those conversations. It's more of a dating process now with your potential partners than it ever has been before. To answer your question, you know, yeah, I'm at a, I'm at a whole lot of these and I love every second of it. it. It's a ton of fun. You get to meet such interesting people and some of whom you, you, you walk away from and you're like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that in my entire life. And that is <laughs> so off, but it's just amazing to see that there's people that are seeing opportunities in places that you wouldn't even have imagined. If your deal works and it, it makes sense for you, do the work, take the time, talk to people. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest things that will help people right now. And, you know, to go back to what we were discussing a little bit before we started here, I think that's critical in our space right now. 
the fact that there's so many people that are struggling through certain aspects of this business, there are people that just got out of that. And there are other groups and they could be your direct competitors and they'd be happy to share if you would just reach out. It's part of the game. It's part of business where, you know, that's how growth really comes to like, for the industry as a whole. If there's no younger people involved and there's no growth for the actual industry and the big guys just get too big, the industry as a whole is in trouble. So I, I would say, you know, if the deal works and it's a good deal, it can get done. You just got to do the work and really be able to pitch that to the right people. And if you're getting responses that are less than enthusiastic, that doesn't mean that it's the no-go. It just means that people are being a little bit more careful right now and they want to hear from you why you actually believe that this one is the one that they should be doing. Cool. Well, this is the bridge the gap show. So to play on that as young leader, talking to so many people, what is exciting to you about where we are as an industry right now to, to think about positive opportunity for those that are listening? Maybe they haven't even arrived in our industry yet. Maybe they're in a parallel industry and we need their talent in this industry. What do you think the key opportunities are for our industry at this time? There's so many levels of opportunity when it comes down to it, right? I mean, if you look at our industry as a whole, there's probably people from 15 different sectors at this conference alone, and they do wildly different things. Yet every single one of those people can talk to any single person here and they have what to talk about. Our industry is so intertwined that something as simple as your website, that person's here. You know, the person designing your CRM, they're here. The person who's helping you bring people into your community or your home, whatever the situation may be, they're all here. The equity partners, the banking partners, everybody is here. And it's not just, well, we do this one thing and these are all the people that do it. It's there's a million different things that we do and we all cover all those bases. So if you're in an industry like that, that is so insulated and so close, because really country as a whole, how many industries can you go to that you're, you can say, yeah, I think I know 50% of the people that work in this industry. I mean, it doesn't exist. There's so many opportunities that are surrounding our world. If we can focus on one or two of those things and you're capable of doing those things, you'll be golden. You know, I have people that started out as staffing coordinators that are now operating full buildings. That's two completely different levels of experience and expertise, but there's opportunity and there's people that are willing to give people those opportunities if they earn it. And if they show that they're actually willing to work and work for the right reasons. Unfortunately, like every, you know, like every industry, there's people that are in it, you know, to make a quick buck because, you know, they can put something under control. They can you know, turn it around quickly and then flip it off to somebody else. You know, that's just positive for their cash flow. But for the young people that are getting involved, I think... You know, there's real opportunity here. There is where it comes down to it. There is a lot of growth that's going to be happening in our industry just because of a pure needs, purely because of needs. Uh, we have a, a ton of people that are now aging in place as opposed to running off to a, to a community, which is scary in the short term. But in the long term, that means they're going to need more services in the next couple of years. Because if they're staying at home, they're not getting the services they might need right now. And if we can provide and be ready for them when they do come in, that, that would change our industry as a whole. So I think... If there is interest from someone who is looking to get into this space, now is the time. Everyone is taking their company right now. There might not be a ton of transaction volume, but they're looking at their company and they're saying, where can we be better? And I think that that is something that is so beautiful because there's no transactions. There's no new thing to jump to. You're now forced to sit in your office and look at every single aspect of your company, your operations, everything that's going on and be like, where can we do better? And when there's that lag on the transaction volume, that really is where things just can absolutely explode. Even though you said transaction volume is down, that's across the board. I mean, you guys leverage relationships to get transactions done and you do a lot of them. So 
if you could give us a little bit of, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, so That's just fine. smack me if you need to. <laughs> but if you could look at this calendar year, deals that you've already closed or about to close or projected to close this year, could you say there are certain types? Could you categorize some of the deals that seem to be the most getting done, whether it's a product type or a size type or a sector of the country that seems to be more volume? Where Where is it happening? It's really happening all over. And this is one of those types of questions where every single person you talk to will give you a different answer, which is why it's such a great question. There are boxes that can be filled, boxes that can get checked. If this is you know, a cash flowing deal that is newer vintage, that has strong occupancy, yes, you can get the deal done. But what about that group that found a great opportunity that's been mismanaged, doesn't have the right people in you know, their positions of leadership, but it's a great deal and they can get it at a basis that actually makes sense for them. Can we find someone that can actually partner up with them? And the answer, frankly, is yes. There are enough people in the space right now that understand that right now is a really, really great time to invest. They see the future, they see the trajectory of this industry as a whole, and they realize that this is not going away anytime soon. We can get this done at a price point that makes sense with the right people who are not necessarily jumping ship to start their own operation. And it's a really great time. So yes, if a, if a deal is cash flowing, that's amazing. If it's newer vintage, even more so. If there's some sort of you know debt coverage ratio that they're actually hitting, amazing. But there are deals that are getting done. It just needs to be the right deal. Yeah. And I think we're past the days of getting a deal in my market. I'm going to pay more for it. I'm not sure if it'll work, but at least I'll you know, own the market. I think those days are, are a little bit behind us. And we're seeing a lot of buyers right now, a lot of people that are in the space, in the transaction space, that are getting stuff done and they're getting stuff done because they're being very, very strategic with their interests. So boilerplate it for me. I'm about to bake the transaction cake. Okay. okay? And I it. need the recipe. Simplify the recipe for dummy Josh to get a deal done this year. What's it going to take to get a deal done? Like, what do I need to be doing? What kind of story do I need to be telling? What kind of team do I need to be forming? First thing you need is patience. Okay. Um, there's nothing that's quick anymore. I mean, we have deals that people have a regular 30, 45 day due diligence period on and they get something under control and you're like, hey, I need I need a term sheet for the next 30 days. And a bank will tell us, hey, we haven't even really started yet. The last 30 days, all we've been doing is really doing some research on these people and seeing if this is a partner that we can actually support. So the first thing is patience. You know, be patient with yourself, be patient with your partners, understand that anyone who's actually interested in getting a transaction done right now is also gonna need to be patient. Things are taking a whole lot longer now. It's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. And the second thing I'd say is, you know, make sure that you're capitalized properly. There's a lot of people in this space who, you know, to make a couple extra bucks, will try to choose someone that might be trying to get into the space and might be trying to, you know, get a real sweetheart deal. Stay away from that. You know, yeah, you won't be making as much. Maybe there's a way that you can structure this deal where everyone is, you know, more equal on this as, as opposed to what you would normally want, which is where you're really in the driver's seat. But you want boiler room, find a deal that actually makes sense in a market that you understand better than the back of your hand. Ooh. Right. Find something that you can speak to, to anybody, any one of the people, any one of the consultants that this lending partner or this equity partner might bring to the table to ask you those questions. Make sure that you're not going to have to tell them, hey, I'll get back to you on that. But at the same time, don't be afraid to tell them that, right? The last thing you want to do is someone throwing an answer at you that you know is not truth just because they didn't feel like it was a good it was a good look for them to not have the answer so you need a deal that's actually a strong deal great you know everyone knows that yeah no one's doing bad deals these days great but you need a deal with the right partners and with people that actually understand the space we're not in, the, in an age anymore where you can go to a you know equity shop who's never done senior housing before and be like hey can you cut me a check the bank's gonna look at it and just tell you listen like we appreciate this deal we can we can understand the value but right now we need someone who can offer you more than just money 
And I think the great thing about this industry is that so many people who have operated in it have operated in it for so long that they can actually provide that. They can offer more than just a check. They can offer you back office services and, and understandings and relationships that you might not have yet. So capitalize on those groups. You know, not necessarily saying go to a REIT, but the REITs are a great avenue to go through right now. They don't need conventional bank debt. They can cut those checks themselves. They have understandings of these markets. They're interested in growth because they need to grow year over year. And if they don't, they're in trouble. So find a deal that actually makes sense in a market that you understand. Make sure that you're capitalized to the right level. Don't try to go out and say, well, this deal works if I get 80% leverage on on debt. That's not going to happen these days anymore. Make sure that you've done all the diligence. I get calls from people all the time and I'm, I'm not going to make any money off of any of these deals. These are not things that are actually going to you know, come to me, but we all share information. That's, that's really how I learned this industry. I spoke to hundreds of people who gave me their time and energy and I'm forever thankful because they, they're really the ones that told me how these things can get done. Boiler room plate, yes. five little boxes. Make sure it's a strong deal. Make sure it's a deal that you actually understand in a market that you understand. Make sure that you've done this before. Make sure that you have partners that have the interest and that you're aligned. I think that's the biggest thing for people right now. They want to make sure that everybody who's involved in this is going to be working towards a goal together. And it's not while well, one side wants it and one side doesn't really care, right? Because they're not really making any more or less. So I'd say if your business interests are aligned, and the market is you know, strong and the product itself is good and you have a strong understanding of what that means for yourself, for your institution, as well as for the people that you're servicing, we'll find someone for you. There's no question about that. Lucas, you ready to shake and bake? Was that a good, was that a good <laughs> pep good talk stuff. for you? Yeah, good yeah. Recipe? It's, it's good. It's good. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, I did have a, a question about something you were talking about, more of a needs-based care for people that have been really hesitant to move out of home. There's a big talk of um, active adult, right? Which are trying to attract a younger demographic. If people are waiting till they have a needs-based, does that mean AL and memory care is going to have a resurgent over the next couple of years? So I definitely think that there's people right now that are holding off. I think if COVID taught us anything, it's that people were incredibly nervous. I mean, we all saw the news articles. We all heard from owner operators and people that have been in the industry just about you know what was going on in these communities and how scary it was for so many people. So I definitely think that there is a pause and the people that say it's going to bounce back right away. I don't necessarily know if that I'm on the same page as them. I think when COVID was going on, we thought right when COVID's over, everything's going to bounce back and you're going to see it's going to go right back to the way it was. And I think we've realized now that that is, you know, was a little optimistic. But I think when it comes down to it, I think that there's a lot of people right now that are a little bit more hesitant because of what they've seen over the last couple of years and, and what's gone on and being stranded from their families just for their own health. If we're talking about specific acuity types, I think memory care is going to come back in a real way. I think there's a lot of people right now that normally would go to assisted living, but right now their families or whoever it is that's you know assisting them, they're all on board. They're all there. They're all doing the work to take care of mom or grandma or you know, aunt or uncle. It's going to get to a certain point where they can no longer do that. So they're sort of going to skip that AL stage and go right to the memory care, which is frankly heartbreaking. I do think that the memory care space is something that is going to have a you know stronger surge than others. Interesting. Well, and with every challenge brings an opportunity. A lot of the questions that are being posed by a lot of people might not be the right questions. I mean, I've heard at a handful of events this year, what are we going to call senior living in five years? Who cares? Who cares what we're going to call it in five <laughs> years? Really? Uh, that's, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I think we're getting hung up on some of the wrong thoughts. They're leading us down a rabbit hole that's really not productive for us today. And we don't know. We've got to care for people where they are. 
and in the environment that makes sense to them. There are amazing opportunities for these operators. The amount of care programs and services that they coordinate in whatever housing type, whatever community type that they are running, many of those services need to be coordinated into the home. They've already got the infrastructure to do that. They've already got the labor to do that. And I think we get so caught up in worrying about we've got to keep building exactly the volume of what we've been building and building it exactly and funding it exactly the same way that we're not looking at the opportunity that's right in front of us because we're worried about what we're going to call it in a few years. And in five to 10 years, who's going to come? Well, in five to 10 years, you know, that transaction's long gone. So I'm kind of marrying my thoughts with your thoughts a little bit there, but I like your insight in a relatively tough market right now. I think there's huge opportunity and we need more people like you in the industry. So I hope people hear your story and, uh, I appreciate and jump that. right in. Well, and I know our listeners are going to want to reach out to Sam. We welcome you to check out the notes section of this podcast. We'll also leave a transcript on our website, btgvoice.com. We'll link this to our social media sites and be a part of the conversation. We want to hear from you. And we'd also love to partner with you if you're looking for a unique way to position your brand uh, with marketing around digital content that is educational to the industry. Reach out to Bridge the Gap. We'd love to talk to you and work with you. And thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.